Coming to you from our opulent and luxurious 4x8 refurbished broom closet at the National Headquarters in Indianapolis. With duct tape, studio lights, and a mic that you barely can hear, we hope to entertain and educate you. This is the Tango Alpha Lima Podcast. They call me crazy because I'm facing all my giants. They try to scare me into thinking I can't fight it. They tell me I should never even think of trying. But that's just me. I'm going to live out in defiance. Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Tango Alpha Lima Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Seavey, the Senior Legal Counsel of the American Legion. Had to read down the business card because I forget. Uh, and I'm joined, as always, by Jeff Daly of the Hollywood Dailies. Jeff, how are you? I'm, uh, I'm in Hollywood, but I'm still of the Michigan Dailies. That's where, my, yes. that's where the family legacy comes uh, from. Apologies, apologies. <laughs> and Ashley Gorbolja Maldonado of the Ohio Gorbolja Maldonados, of course, the much vaunted Ohio Gorbolgias. Ashley, how are you today? Well, I've never heard you say my name three times in a row. That's... Hey, I, I've got it down where I can, I can pronounce it now. So I'll make sure to tell Robert that the bigger, the bigger problem I have is the fact I remember the good old days when I used to have Rachel Ray drizzle sauce and I am out and I have not had a day off to go to the store. So I don't restock your Amazon cart. Super producer Holly was going to work on getting Rachel Ray. I thought as a uh, advertiser, but at the very least (laughs) I need a couple gallons of the drizzle sauce because I am completely out. (laughs) Just all right like nickelodeon slime buggy you're just like i just want so many gallons i mean is it is it yeah. too much to ask for some drizzle sauce some rachel ray balsamic drizzle sauce i, I don't think i'm asking too much all right today's uh today's guest is patrick griffith patrick served as a u.s army non-commissioned officer in a 38th ordinance company explosive ordnance disposal unit supporting deployments to africa south america and afghanistan after separating from the army patrick spent more than four years first as a regional program manager and then a national development project manager with team red white and blue today patrick lives in kennesaw georgia and is director of operations for mission roll call which is what we're going to be talking about today an organization whose mission is to provide veterans with a powerful unified voice that is heard by our nation's leaders and communities We'll be back after this message to learn more about Patrick's story and mission roll call. Delete, delete. The American Legion is Veterans Strength in America. We're in your community, supporting veterans, service members, and their families, enriching the lives of young people and promoting citizenship and patriotism. Our members are passionate about these core values. Help strengthen America by joining the American Legion today. For more information, go to legion.org slash join. All right, now we're joined by Patrick. Patrick, thank you very much for uh, taking time out of your day to, to be with us today. We definitely appreciate you uh, spending some time with us. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. All right, Ashley, you are up. All righty, well, welcome to Tango Alpha Lima, Patrick. So we're going to get things kicked off, and I want to ask you a little bit more in depth about um, you know mission roll call, how you've gotten involved, you know what the latest you know uh, news are, the priorities, your team members. You know, what are you doing in the community that our audience needs to know about? Yeah, so first off, um, Mission Roll Call, uh, we're a movement providing veterans a powerful unified voice that is heard by their nation's leaders and communities. Uh, that's the, the tagline, if you will, right, our mission statement. But really what we're doing is we're trying to meet veterans where they are so that we can get their opinions and take those directly up to the lawmakers where they're at. So we've actually cultivated... Um, 
we've cultivated a system where we can use text messages and social media and polling to get responses from veterans and then take that directly to policymakers to see if it either aligns with what they're doing right now for veterans or veterans want to see something else being done for them or their benefit of their families. Excellent. Excellent. So just to expand a little bit more further, um, who, so you're polling, you're using texting survey methods. Um, how, like, how did you stumble upon this, this endeavor? Yeah. So mission roll call started, um, with the fact that uh, a couple of folks were sitting around a fire talking about how almost 50% of veterans are not represented by any VSO whatsoever. And we've seen a, a trend of veterans not joining VSO organizations. So we decided to let's take a shot in the dark and see if we can find veterans where they at. And you know, 21st century technology being what it is, uh, veterans are all over social media. They're, they're all over their phones. You cannot get uh, you cannot find someone who's not on their phone at least eight hours a day at this point in time. Um, so we decided let's let's try to cultivate an environment where we can meet people where they're at and they don't actually have to go to a brick and mortar building to get their voices put out there and their opinions put out into the stratosphere. So we started cultivating our audience through social media first, and then we started getting um, text message and polling capabilities. And then from there, it started to really grow. Uh, and our first big shot was um, with uh, S-785, which uh, was the Commander John Hunt, Scott Hannon Mental Health Improvement Act. And um, we really wanted to get that in front of veterans and show them that there is support on the ground um, through their home communities. And they don't necessarily always have to go to the VA to get support. So we first started to educate them through our social media means and through our emails and through newsletters. Um, and then we started asking them directly through our polling, what they either wanted to see within S-785 or without S-785. Um, and after a few rounds of polling, we took that up to lawmakers and actually traveled to DC, wrote some testimony that went to Congress. Um, and then from there, luckily enough, S-785 passed and uh, hopefully we'll start seeing the benefits on the ground pretty soon. Excellent. So aside from, you said SF, what was the number again? It's uh, S-785. So it's S the, the, the commander, John Hunt, John Scott Hannon Mental Health Care Improvement Act. Yeah, it's the longest oh. title in the world. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah that's, that seems fairly common with some of, the, <laughs> some of the amendments and bills and laws and all the things that I have seen. That's I'm always a big fan of when they really try to force in an acronym into the middle of it and it becomes... <laughs> yeah. Those are my favorite. Yeah. Absolute favorites. Um, all right. I'll, yep. Go ahead. Yeah, Jeff, you're up. Hello. Uh, good having you on the show. I, uh, it's, it's interesting because, as you know, we are all in one of those brick and mortar organizations. Uh, well, actually, we're, we're kind of hybrid, uh, mm -hmm. especially after the pandemic. A lot of things have gone uh, virtual and we're connecting with new technology and such. I'm, I'm, I'm curious about some of the some of the crossover things. And even though you have established your own identity, do you still uh, do you ever work with the larger organizations? Yeah, so we work hand in hand with anyone who's really going to work for the benefit of the veterans on the ground, right? I mean, we understand that we're um, an up and coming organization, right? So to to get in with the bigger organizations like the American Legion or um, any of the other big six, if we're being honest, to work hand in hand with them to find out what would work for the veterans in any way that we can help. Because we, we've seen that we can find veterans through a different avenue 
than others have been able to find them right now. And uh, we're having pretty big successes with our pollings and our text messages. Uh, and we continue to grow. We're over a million strong across our social media and across our emailing platforms and our text message platforms. Um, so we have a, a fairly large audience that we can hit fairly quickly. Um, and I think that um, one of our benefits is the fact that um, we can have a turnaround within 24 hours of a text message survey or poll could go out and then we can get responses that are um, quantifiable, good data responses to that poll um, within 24 hours and then take that and then directly have that being pushed to lawmakers or policymakers or whoever needs uh, to see that at that point in time. Um, but we are happy to partner with anyone, to be quite honest with you, if it aligns with where we go as far as mission roll call and our priorities. And um, I know that Ashley asked that question earlier about our priorities, but our main three priorities for mission roll call are suicide prevention. That's our number one overarching theme, access to healthcare, and then um, access to healthcare for specifically tribal and rural veterans. Um, we see the tribal and rural veterans as a microcosm as the veteran population. If we can get the guys and girls who served, who live in areas where it's not as easily to access healthcare, the access to healthcare that they deserve and that is their right, um, we can solve the issue across the board. Um, it may not be so hard in places like where I'm at in Atlanta. I mean, I have multiple VAs and multiple clinics um, that people can go to, but we travel to some places like Navajo Nation where uh, veterans are traveling anywhere from two to four to six hours to go to an appointment to then turn around and find out that that appointment was canceled. And you're, you're talking a day long trip. Um, and you guys know that if you don't have a certain percentage of disability that you don't get reimbursed for that travel, you don't get reimbursed for that time. Um, so it's, it's a pretty unfair thing to say, hey, you, you have this right that you've earned through your service um, and we can't get you the healthcare that you deserve or that you need. Okay, so then uh, moving more towards that technology with, with all the texting and, and, and such, how does, that all, how does that all work and how do, you, how do you get to the people in Navajo Nation, for example? Yeah, so um, we've, we've really found that uh, storytelling is our bread and butter, right? Taking the stories of veterans uh, and disseminating that out through all of our means to get people to resonate with their stories. We've had stories of um, the women of Navajo Nation. We went to the first women's veterans conference that Navajo Nation has ever put on. And we interviewed a bunch of female veterans out there. And then we took that story and we shared it with our audience. Um, and it's very impactful in the fact that uh, you know, that's, that's what resonates with people. Polls, uh, text messages, and surveys, they're not very sexy, if we're being honest. They're needed. They're absolutely needed to get out there and get that data to the people that can make the changes. Um, but to get people to come into the organization, you need to have a story or a catch so that they can resonate with something like that. So we go out and we inter interview veterans um, or family members of veterans and share their stories. And we try to very much focus on the concept of post-traumatic growth, where veterans aren't broken, that you are still an asset to the country and that you can still provide service after your service. Uh, and frankly, um, we've probably been painted in a pretty bad light stigma-wise through media and other means about veterans being broken. I, I know that when um, I was working, after I got out of the Army, I was working for an organization that wasn't nonprofit. People were very apprehensive to talk to me about my service or ask me about my service. And I said, that's a, a big portion of who I am as a person. I would love people to ask me about that. But people were, you know, is he going to go postal? Is he, you know, is he not going to be able to handle the questions? Is he going to, whatever people think. And, and we've started to show that 
no, veterans have amazing stories and they've gone through uh, a unique experience that not everyone has gone through, but they are better off for it. And the fact that they can turn around trauma and experiences that are unique to the veteran population and show um, that they continue to move forward after that. Okay. Yes. <clears throat> I, somewhat interestingly on the uh, like Native American issue, I went to do a story on rural veterans in Alaska and how they mm -hmm. get to their VA. And there was one island off the coast of Ketchikan that I went to. And I talked to one guy who literally, it was a little over three days total process for him to go. And he had to go by float plane to, yeah. <laughs> to a cab and then a cab to the uh, intercoastal highway boat, the ferry. And then once he got there, take a cab to the VA and round trip, it was basically three days and it was to get a blood test. When across the street from him was a Bureau of Indian Affairs health clinic. And we're just talking about a blood draw. Like the guy wasn't getting yeah, anything too absolutely. high speed. And it seems like nobody ever communicates, but so it's, I'm a big fan of any of those things. My, my other question though, is about the, um, how you guys get around, you know, they, they say that democracy is predicated on an informed electorate. So when you guys do polling and things of that nature, how, how do you do the other side as well, where you educate them on what the actual issues are in play? Because especially on Capitol Hill, when you get a bill, not everything in the bill is as it appears. Like, how do you go about the, uh, the other side of educating your people? Yeah, so the, the education right now is coming through our social media platform, through videos or through posts, but also through our newsletters. And we like to have like a, a cyclical environment where we, we find an issue that resonates with us that we think will resonate with veterans on the ground. And then the first piece is to educate them because let's be honest, when we, we first looked at the um, S-75, we're talking hundreds of pages of document, right. right? To read through that. So we go through and we break that down in a, in a simplified version that says, hey, let's take all the, the jargon and the, you know, the political terminology and break it down into something that's easily digestible so that someone can understand on the ground, hey, how is this affecting me either for the good or for the bad. Um, that's our first process. So the, the education piece goes through newsletters or social media, um, mainly through video. That's, that's our bread and butter right now is um, anything from 30 to 60 up to a five minute video of, hey, this is what's going on on the ground. And um, we, have, we have folks that work for us in, in DC that are connected with what's going on on the ground. And um, we're actually putting in process here pretty shortly um, but basically a, a five minute dummy on the hill, if you will, right? Like we're going to have our guy go through and say, hey, this is what's coming up. Um, and we'll do a, a five minute video once a month to say, these are the things that are coming up right now on the hill that's going to affect you as a veteran on the ground. Um, and then from there, we find out just through our polling, what resonates the most with the veterans on the ground. And then once we find that out, then we can start tapping into um hey, is this actually what veterans want? Or is this just something that someone is pushing because they want to be reelected under the veteran platform saying that, you know, they support veterans through through whatever means that they say. Um, so right now it's, yeah, it is educate first and then find out what resonates with our people and then go from there to polling and then that goes to the lawmakers and then it, the cycle just continues. Yeah, the, the members of Congress trying to get reelected on a platform is the thing that bothers me the second most. And number one is when a party will not take up a bill because the person who sponsored it happens to also be running 
and then they'll wait until after the election and pass everything with unanimous consent. And that one drives me just as nuts. We, we found out pretty quickly that, um, that we got pretty fast responses from the folks on the Hill when we told them that we can dial down into congressional district and actually tap into text messaging polling for folks that are in their congressional district. So now you're right. tapping into who is going to vote them in or out. And, uh, that got us some pretty quick responses when we weren't getting some responses in the very beginning. Yeah, no, I, I, and I get it. It's usually, it's, it's more like, I, I know I had a bill that a Senator had put in that was completely non-confrontational and they would not take it up. And then the election happened and the next week they passed it by unanimous consent. It was like, really? We waited all this time <laughs> because you didn't want to give this guy and he was in South Dakota. All right. Like, you didn't want to give a random senator in South Dakota a win on a bill oh, that yep. no one cared about. And it was like, are you, uh, this is crazy. But all and right, the, let's the unfortunate. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, Sorry. Mark. No, yeah, I, I was going to say, keep going. I, I was just going to say the unfortunate thing is at the end of the day, um, it's affecting veterans and their families on the ground. Yep. Right. And, and um, we're being held up in this political spectrum of right against left or we can't meet in the middle. There's no longer any gray area. It's black or it's white. But at the end of the day, you're affecting someone who is getting care, like we're talking about with rural veterans, or we're talking about someone who, you know, like you're talking about with, with the, the Mission Act um, got passed. And the guy who should have been able to get his blood drawn right there and, and then turn around and then ship that off to the VA and then let them do their thing, that, that's what should have happened instead of three days traveling to get your blood work done. And I, I think a lot of veterans don't know that that's the issue. And right. we're trying to educate them uh, as many as we can to say, this is, this is what's going on. And the more education that you can get, the more responses that can come internally to us or other organizations to then be taken up to the policymakers to say, Hey, um, your constituents are being affected by this on the ground and they deserve, um, they deserve everything that they've earned. Yeah. There's an addendum to that story, by the way, they did end up passing a uh, memorandum of understanding between the VA and the Bureau of Indian Affairs in Alaska. So they got that worked out, but it, for how many times? And the VA was basically paying this guy to travel and, you know, two cab rides, an airplane ride, and a ferry ride just going one way, not cheap. So, all right, let's take a quick commercial break and we will be right back in a moment. So you were discharged with a 20% disability rating, but now you can't hear so well and need help. Contact an American Legion service officer. Service officers are free of charge and they help all veterans. Find one near you with our online tool at legion.org forward slash service officers. All right, now we're back with Patrick and Ashley, you get to go first on round two. All right, so very serendipitous. Uh, we mentioned just very briefly, you know, the Mission Act um, was 2018 legislation, I believe. And What's interesting about the Mission Act, especially with the priorities of, of, of mission rural cause, you're you're looking at, you know, rural or excuse me, access to healthcare and then tri or tribal, excuse me, and rural veterans. Wow, I need to speak slower. <laughs> so what's fascinating is, you know, for for example, our, our tribal and rural veterans face some of the toughest challenges. We've discussed that. And I'm interested to see what your overall thoughts were on the the mission act and like for example like VA resources right so like for example you know the VA has their own office of tribal government relations in addition to you know the rural veteran demographics which I think are more 
recent within the past few years. So like if I right at the top of my head, I think it was like 58% of rural veterans are enrolled in VA healthcare mm-hmm. and significantly higher than 30% of enrolled rate of urban veterans, which I think is really fascinating. And I wanted to see, especially with like your polling capabilities and how you're, you know, have you been able to, to utilize like those resources in how you Yeah. So I, I think the, Honestly, the, the Mission Act was a win for veterans, but I believe that the, the implementation has been the issue at this point in time. Um, I know folks that go to the VA and, and they try to get an appointment and there's no appointment for them in the window of time. So they try to say, hey, well, what about the Mission Act? Can I go be seen by someone who is in my community that I can be seen? And the, the representatives at the VA don't know how to implement the Mission Act. So currently right now, what we're trying to do is put teeth into the Mission Act to actually give specific times and distances to say if a veteran cannot get service at this point in time right here, how can they get service within their community instead of waiting for an appointment later on down the road? So I, I think that the Mission Act was a, was a win for veterans across the board, but the implementation of the VA of the Mission Act has been very slow. And, and because of that, there hasn't been enough education through the VA for folks to realize that if you can't get service in a specific amount of time, that you should be able to get service in your community and it's not being implemented right. So right now we're trying to figure out how we can put teeth into that bill to say, hey, this was a win. Um, and we all agree if you can't get service in a, in a standard time that you should be able to get service as quickly as possible. Um, but what does that look like as a standardized process across the board? So right now that's our, our big push with our, our polling um, and getting into our constituents is saying, guys, um, what would you like to see? If you can't get an appointment at X number of dates, um, what would you like to see from there? Um, but this, this is gonna require us to take this back to lawmakers and then have them actually implement that into a bill where it would say, hey, this is the process now, then educate the VA and then get that on the ground. Just, um, I think that uh, most folks really would love for veterans to have all the access to healthcare and whatnot that they need as soon as possible. Um, and I think that most folks go into putting these things together um, so that uh, it will happen in a timely manner, but it just gets lost in the jumble. It, it was a big, everyone high-fived themselves to say, we got the Mission Act passed, everything's good to go. Now what? Okay, now you actually have to start implementing it and putting it out there and standardizing it so that folks can actually get the access to care that they deserve. Uh, a, a pretty interesting quote from one of the one of the female veterans in Navajo Nation, she uh, was a staff sergeant who served in Iraq and Afghanistan. She originally started in the Navy and then she went to the army and now she's um, a sheriff's officer. And she said, her quote was, I found the Navy and I found the army. Why can't they find me now? And uh, I think that that feeling resonates with a lot of veterans. This is uh, an almost all volunteer (laughs) at this point in time, right? After post 9-11, folks are going in and signing in saying, hey, I want to serve my country. Um, Why can we not find these folks on the back end to get them the access to healthcare and the services that they've earned? I think that's fascinating too, because everything you're doing is spot on. And that young lady, I mean, that's, that's wild. I think it's good. On point. I was (laughs) Um, cause I know with the veterans health administration, their office of community care, like they're the ones that are in charge of reimbursement agreement programs for information and initiation on what is the implementation eligibility and enrollment verification for submitting claims. I know that they've got a, you know, a bunch of resources and, you know, you're right. Like sometimes vets don't know 
where that is and like the gamut of all things of transition. And I'm really happy to hear that like, you're pushing out resources, you're providing that information, you're breaking it down Barney style for folks that, that need it. So I'm, I'm really happy to hear that. Cool. Thank you. Mm-hmm. All right, Jeff, you're up. Hey, well, I, I live in Los Angeles, so I've, we have different problems altogether. Uh, <laughs> and uh, yes, I'm, just, I'm just going to keep it to the, the slice that's relevant here. But trust me, they're bigger bit issues. Uh, I have three VAs that I can get to in less than 45 minutes. Uh, so space isn't an issue here. Time is the issue here, which is why the mission affects us, meaning uh, although I have three within my reach, they take so long to schedule out because there's, you know, there's more veterans in Los Angeles mm-hmm. County than anywhere else in the country. So I, I do see that. And I, my question, Nope, I got another comment. This, this whole battle between left and right seems, it seems silly because, in the, especially in this area, because the right has always hung their hat on military and veterans, and the left is holding their hat right now on universal health care. And this being the closest example and template that we have, and the better that it runs, the better chance they have of convincing America that we should have more of a plan like that. But as long as they let it squander and be a, and, and be a prob- more problem than it is help, they don't have any chance. And the people on the right, if they don't support these things and they don't look like they're supporting the veterans the way that they want. So they both should come together and be like, we're both in trouble, let's handle this. So then my, that which leads into my question, I always get there, is, with the technology and the way that you're reaching out to people, do you use it also uh, not just for incoming, but do you use it as a call to action? Do you send out things that say, this is a, this is a big bill right now, it, click this button, you go to a page, and you can send a letter to your local uh, representative? We, we can't do that, Jeff, um, okay. because that would break our 501c3 status. And then uh-huh. um, we would start falling into a, a lobbying type area. I, I actually presented that to our organization. I said, hey, wouldn't it be great if we could say, hey, this is our initiative right now. We could have folks go right to the website. They could click a link. It takes them to the representative. Everything's pre-filled out. They write their name. They hit submit. We're good to go. Um, and I was like, man, that's a home run. Like, why has no one else thought about doing this? And then they said, hey, there would be a great idea if you want us to lose our status as a C3 and become a lobbying organization. So um, we, we have to walk a fine line of education and information and then um, leaving it up to our folks to do what they need to do as far as reaching out to the representatives or voting and whatnot. So um, we walk a fine line of, of saying, hey, this is our priorities and this is what we would like to see happen. But ultimately it is on the veterans on the ground to do what they need to do to reach out to the representatives to, to voice their opinion on that end. We can do everything that we can do as far as um, bringing in polling and bringing in petitions and then taking those up from there. Um, but that is different than actually giving individuals direct access to representation through our organization. Well, I, I do know, it, it, we talked earlier about partnerships, because I do know that uh, of an organization that does a lot of lobbying, and that's the American <laughs> Legion. So I, I, I would, I personally, because I was thinking about this before we got on today, that I would love to see 
uh, more work done between these organizations. If you can't lobby, you know, the American Legion certainly can lobby, and the American Legion doesn't, uh, we don't have the, the tech savvy that you have. Um, so I, I think there's some natural partnerships, and I'm wondering what you, and I know you, 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 know you differentiate yourself, but mm -hmm. what, do you, what do you see as partnership opportunities? Well, ultimately, I would like to see all the VSOs get together um, and garner our entire audiences and utilize, like you're saying, like the American Legion has the capability to do the lobbying. We have the assets through our technology to get polling and petitions down to the grassroots level and get folks individually to, to say, hey, A, B, C, or D, which one represents you the best, and then taking that through and saying, hey, um, American Legion, we've polled a million people through Mission Roll Call. Uh, it's an overwhelming response for this right here. What can you guys do with your weapon to, to make this happen uh, on the Hill? Um, so for me, ultimately, on a personal level, I wish all VSOs would come together. We would bring all our folks together and we would become one powerhouse to say, hey, um, we are a, a huge movement. Veterans are a huge population in this country and they've done um, a great amount of work to earn earn the title of being veterans. And um, I think that we as VSO should be able to do everything that we possibly can to collaborate and work cross-platform to get everything that we need to be done. I, for me, I wish that we would um, drop the, the, hey, this is the Legion or this is mission roll call. Like We differentiate each other because of what we do and what we can do, uh, but ultimately we represent veterans and we want what's for best for the veterans. And that's what I wish that would happen across the board. Awesome. All right. Uh, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna weigh in too much on that one. Being the uh, being the current legal advisor here, uh, <laughs> but um, where can uh, where should if people want to get in on the get on a, get in on all of your stuff? Where can they find you out, and where should they start? Yeah. So the first is our website. It's it's missionrollcall.org, uh, and then from there, all of our social media platforms. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and it's all at Mission Roll Call. Um, and from there, you can sign up for our newsletter, uh, and then we start. You know, basically, it's, hey, welcome to Mission Roll Call. You're now part of the team, uh, and then you have the capability of opting into our text messages. And then from there, we send out polls and petitions um, to get the voices and the, and the opinions of the veterans on the ground, so that we can continue to do what we do. I have, a, I have a final, like, weird last question. We could start this partnership today. I will join yours if you join mine. That's too easy, Jeff. That's done. I could do that right now. <laughs> <laughs> so there we go. We're, we're leading by example. I, I also am going to sign up as soon as we're off this call. So you, you, got, you got two for the price of one. It's quite Perfect. a bargain for you. <laughs> All right. Well, Patrick, thank you very much for joining. We, uh, again, appreciate you taking time out and, uh, and talking to us about all the great things you guys have going on. Awesome. Thank you guys for having me. If you need anything else, please feel free to reach out. We'll be in touch. All right. Great. All right. We'll be back in 30 seconds. If you care about disabled veterans and children in need, and we know you do, donate today to the American Legion Veterans and Children's Foundation. Any amount helps. Donate online at legion.org forward slash donate. All right, we will start with you, Ashley. We have now listened to Patrick and talking about Operation Roll Call. Mission is it Operation Mission Roll Call? I'm losing the name here. Operations for Mission Roll Call. Yeah, there we go. All right, so Ashley, what did uh, what's your takeaway on this? 
Oh, Mark, you're so fun. I enjoy you so much. No, yes. uh, having Patrick on was a treat. It's really interesting to hear what, you know, his, his 50C13 is, is providing, especially, you know, knowing that he's really reaching out to post 9-11 veterans and he has a verified system in which he's getting the feedback directly. When he said that he was getting a turnaround time of a day, you know, as a unfortunate bureaucrat and also, also coming from the service, we know how hard it is to get turnarounds like that. So to have uh, such an active, uh, you know, an active group that's providing feedback, I think is incredibly important. Uh, really appreciated his um, insight on the different priorities from suicide prevention, access to healthcare, and then tribal and rural veterans and uh, the education piece as well. Yeah. Jeff. Well, it's, it's interesting because it's a, it's a, it's not a tiny organization. I, and I was a little surprised at the size that I'd never heard of it before, uh, especially considering I, I spend almost all of my free time on social media, like a nerd. So it, I, I feel like I, I feel like I should have come across it, but I'm glad that I did now. Uh, I did like the way our conversation kind of went more towards uh, working with uh, working with other VSOs on certain things, especially if, if all of the, all of the priorities are aligned, uh, we can get we can get a lot more done, um, and and I would invite them to enjoy some of our brick and mortar locations, so that uh, and and I can get on the text message as well, and you know we can coexist, and our members can be dual members or triple members or however I don't know how many of these groups there are, but just because I'm in the Legion does not mean that I can't participate in roll call and vice versa. So. Yeah. As someone who just joined uh, the Association of the United States Army this past week, yeah, you can join any number of, or I think I'm in the 29th Infantry Division Association. I have a VFW membership. I think I'm, I'm pretty much actively involved in all of them. Yeah, so the more the merrier. That's the only way our voice can be heard. I really like the way they leverage technology. Um, it does have limitations within the 501C19 that we are. Uh, limitations I can't really explain uh, without an hour long show, but it, it would be nice to be able to, you know, to reach out and get those things a little quicker. The, the limitations of just polling is, is difficult for me at times um, for the same reason that legislation or scorecards for a politician, they like, Oh, well he voted against this. And then you go and look at it. And it was like, well, he voted against it for some completely unrelated thing to veterans issues. So it's a little difficult, but it's absolutely something that, that I wish we would replicate more getting, you know, we don't want to be judged by what happens inside our brick and mortar buildings. We want to be judged by what we do in the community. And I think that that's, you know, I, I get where they're putting us in sort of the box, but there's a place for everybody in this, in this ecosystem, if you will. So, all right, guys, well, that's it for us this week, Jeff, I appreciate you uh, being here as always, Ashley, of course, the same, uh, for everyone else, remember to subscribe to the Tangle Off Lima on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you want to send us some feedback, you can comment on YouTube or Facebook. You can send us an email at Tangle Off Lima. Don't forget five stars, five stars, five stars. All right, folks, we will see you next week. Bye.